Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. How many know that marriage is a privilege, amen? amen. Marriage is a privilege. And it's the honor of living as close to the heart as two people can possibly enjoy. Those of you that have been married for one day or more know that it's not all roses during a marriage. It's not all just a honeymoon for the next 37 years or 40 years or, what, or 62 years, 63 years. It's work, and you'll often hear me say that. And all of you know that. But as I speak on this, I want you to listen to this story first. There's a gentleman by the name of Yo-Yo Ma. That is his real name. He's the world's most well-known cellist, if you haven't heard of him. He's recognized as the greatest player in the world. Imagine, let me just take you right now. Imagine with me, okay, for the next couple minutes. Imagine that you're sitting in the front row of a grand concert as the world's greatest cellist takes the stage. The crowd rises in applause as he slowly makes his way to the center platform. You find yourself mesmerized as he moves from one movement to the next with breathtaking skill and artistry. The music fills the hall, rising and falling with ease as he plays effortlessly across the strings. For two hours he plays with flawless rhythm and tone, never once missing a beat or note. His last piece ends and the crowd explodes with one last standing ovation. Now imagine you're making your way down the aisle to leave and an usher by the name of Reuben intercepts you at the end of your row and asks you if you'd like to meet the great cellist. And he says, I was watching you from a distance, he explains, and I saw how moved you were by the music. I happened to have an extra backstage pass, so I thought I would offer it to you. And you eagerly accept and follow him as he ushers you through the crowd toward the back of the stage. And soon you're standing outside the great cellist dressing room and the usher knocks and the door opens and suddenly you find yourself standing face to face with one of the world's most talented musicians. He shakes your hand asking if you enjoyed the concert. Yes, I enjoyed it immensely, you answer. In fact, I think that was the most beautiful music I've ever heard. He nods and thanks you for your kind words. Then you say, you're so lucky to be able to play with such perfection. It must be great to have been born with such talent and then to have found the right instrument that fits you so perfectly. I wish I could find an instrument like that. You know, I've always wanted to play music and I plan to take it up someday. I think I could do it because I'm pretty talented. I just haven't been able to find the right instrument. Someday, I hope to find the perfect violin, or maybe a cello, or even a trumpet. Something that suits me perfectly. Then I'll be able to play as well as you do. I can't wait. Now, is that what you would say? Of course not. That would be an insult. That would be a tremendous insult if you were to tell the most talented cellist in the world that, that you wish that 
you had a perfect instrument, that it's just the perfect instrument. That's why he sounds so good. You and I both know that it took great hard work, sacrifice of time, sacrifice of, of labor, of just slaving over that instrument day and night sometimes. I'm sure his fingers at some point were raw with just all the effort he put into that. Talent doesn't happen overnight. Greatness isn't achieved by accident. How many know that? Yes. A strong marriage isn't achieved by accident either. It's a result of hours and hours of hard work and diligence. So here's my question today. If I were to ask you how to develop a great, not just a good marriage, a great marriage, why settle for good, right? Let's just, let's just keep going all the way and settle for a great marriage. Would that same dynamic hold true that, we just, that I just talked to you about? Today I want to speak to you on built to last when love fails. When love fails. Here's the truth. You and I will have different seasons of difficult marriage. It, it will be difficult for all of us. I don't care how many years. If, in fact, if my parents were sitting here today, they would tell you in their 62 years of marriage, soon to be 63, it has not always been easy. In fact, as the oldest, I remember a few times when, you know, uh, it was not easy. But yet, they managed to find themselves 63 years down the road. It wasn't all roses and sunshine. It was filled with hard work. So today I want to speak to you on the fact that love does go through some challenging times. How many would agree with me on that? Yeah. It's challenging. And in fact, I would go on to say that this past year and more has been probably one of the most challenging years of your marriage. For all of you. I know that just based on your, your lives. And it's been challenging for many different reasons. But it's, it's been a challenge and it's put stresses on you that you never thought you would have to endure. It's put stresses on your marriage, put stresses on your children because of that. I want to read a scripture, our sermon text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. And when you see this, you might think, really? But this is what I want to talk to you about today. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, we have it up on the screen, verse 28, just one scripture, one verse. And it says this, But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry, but those who marry, wait, let me say that again for the hearing impaired. But those who marry will face many troubles in this life. And I want to spare you this. Did you catch that? You will face many troubles in this life. I don't care who you are, how great of a woman, how great of a man you think you are, you will face troubles in this life. You will have difficulties in marriage. First comes love, then comes marriage, then comes baby in the baby carriage. Isn't that the way it goes? And every step is a challenge. Every step is more stress added to you. And you multiply that with more kids, debt, houses, mortgage, rent, car payments, 
Woo! It's a boatload. And, and then you throw in a pandemic on top of that and, and all the things that we've had to face. You may be here today possibly struggling in your relationship. You may be here today and you know it's not the way it was before. Maybe someone that's listening online later on, on YouTube will listen to this, hear this, and realize that, yes, I'm talking to you. There have been stresses placed on you, processes that you've had to go through relation, in your relationship, and your relationship has suffered because of it. There have been times where you wanted to kick him out into the couch or kick her out onto the couch. It's not by accident that separations and divorces have increased this last year. That it's a fact, they are increasing. And the statistic shows that what's really terrible is that marriages of people over the age of 50 have increased by more than 25%. You would think that those are the ones that would become more stable, but they're, they're having midlife crisis is really what's going on. And that, for some reason, has put undue pressure and stresses on, on our marriages, on our relationships. What I'm telling you is what used to work before isn't working now. It isn't working in the world. But how many are thankful we have a Savior, we have a God that helps us and guides us and strengthens us in our relationship. Amen. I believe that no marriage is beyond help. I believe every marriage, I don't care how bad it is, can be saved. It takes two though. We know it takes two. I'm convinced that any couple, regardless of the baggage they bring to the table, regardless of what they may have done, that their relationship, which is, might be strained, can be rebuilt. How many believe that with me? You may be a living example of that here today. Amen? I'm absolutely certain that you as a couple can, can have a marriage proof, a divorce proof, a uh, 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 Satan proof, a boredom proof, an affair proof, a disappointment proof, marriage. If you follow the points I'm going to talk to you about today, a love affair that is completely indestructible. And believe me, there are so many things out there that can take your attention away from your spouse. There's, there are the stresses of this past year that, that just weigh on you to divide can I just remind you that the enemy wants to divide your family, wants to break up that family. He wants to tear you apart. And know that you're going to be faced with challenges. But what do you do? How do you handle that? I want to talk to you this afternoon on three points. And this is a series I'm beginning today. And I'm going to be talking about this theme for the next few weeks. But the first point I want to look at is, number one is love unchecked. Love unchecked. Say that with me. Love unchecked. What do I mean by that? Well, breakups occur because it's the natural result of a relationship left unchecked and unguarded. It's what can and will happen to any love affair. Think of your spouse. Over time, without regular and decisive care and maintenance. 
All of you have to be checking up on yourself. Check your heart. Check your spouse's heart. It's like this. How many love beautiful gardens? I think all of you love to look at a beautiful garden. I love gardens. There's some good, there's some fantastic places we've been to. We've been to the Mendocino Botanical Gardens. We've been up to Portland, Oregon, to the Japanese gardens, which are beautiful. And anytime we're in a garden like that, it didn't happen overnight. It took years for it to build up. You can compare love to a garden. When tended properly, a garden gets richer and fuller with each passing year. With each season, it bears more fruit, fuller branches, deeper roots, thicker vines, and more beautiful plants and flowers. There is nothing more spe spectacular than a lush green foliage and, and during springtime with, with everything flowering. That is, unless you have bad allergies. But what happens when the gardener stops working the garden? When the garden goes unchecked, untended, even the lushest and most thriving garden will die if you don't check it. Love doesn't have to be that way. It was never intended for your love to be, the, that the high note would be the honeymoon phase, and then after that it was just survival after that. It was never God's intention for you to have to go through something like that. It was never intended to last only for a season and to grow stale with age or with 25 years, then 35 years, then 45 years of marriage. Love was designed to grow deeper and stronger with time, much like that garden I just described to you. Think about that. Is your relationship today growing stronger and deeper. To not only last, but to grow healthier and fuller with age. Let me ask you today, every one of you, how is your garden growing today? How is your garden growing today? The scripture says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2, and this right here is what helps you to maintain the garden of relationships. Beak and Can you read this with me? It's up on the screen. If you want to just look up at it, read this with me. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Didn't that just describe every one of your relationships here today? Your spouse when you left the house today or, or this morning when you went shopping or last night. When, didn't it just describe the love beaming off their face? Well, let's get real. It's not always that way. But this is what you need to work at. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Instead of just letting them have it with the kitchen sink, as I've often mentioned, hold up. Be patient. Bearing with one another love. You know, Anna and I, we check our marriage. We tend the garden. What I mean by that is, when you see us go away, it's because it's time to go away. <laughs> it's time to get some me and her time. Because if we, don't just ha if we don't have me and her time, if it's just me at the job, 
and the job, and Anna, and family, and the same thing every, every day. If I don't spend time, unique time with her, that garden is going to die. That's that marital, spiritual garden that I'm talking about. That's why we had a great time when we took our vacation over a week ago. We had a wonderful time. It recharges the batteries. How many know what I'm talking about? Amen? Recharges the batteries. It doesn't have to be a vacation. It could be a walk on the beach. It could be a walk in a garden. It could just be taking a drive to San Francisco and just driving back. I mean, just something that both of you enjoy doing. It could be a night out by yourself at a park, putting some music on that you enjoy. And just the two of you dancing or just something like that. But it can't just be a selfish season. Otherwise, your garden is going to die. You have to check on it regularly. Amen? The second point that I have that I want to look at, and you've seen this term before, irreconcilable differences. This is what you will see on most every divorce petition. It's put as irreconcilable differences. That means that they could not agree on any, you know, basically you couldn't agree on anything. We, our differences were so great, it just keeps us apart. And so marriages decide to break up and go their separate ways because of irreconcilable differences. Can I tell you this right now? The 80-20 rule usually applies to this. How many know the 80-20 rule, what I'm going to talk to you about? This is important. Marriage counselors will tell you that in a healthy relationship, you are getting, as a spouse, about 80% of what you need from your partner. That's in a healthy relationship. Because I'm going to tell you this, you're not going to get 100% effort. I mean, let's just face it, because we're, we're too selfish. Human beings are selfish. Can you imagine yourself today, imagine yourself trying to give 100% to your spouse. I mean, that would just drain you. And then soon kill you after that. So what we do give them, they say that most successful marriages give about 80%. You're getting about 80% from your spouse. And so there's this 20% that's elusive, that, man, I, I wish I had that 20%, then I'd be so complete. Then my marriage would be awesome. Then I'd be, I wouldn't have a, a problem in the world. Then I wouldn't have a reason to complain. Amen? We can catch ourselves thinking that way. The missing 20% of your relationship will cause some of us to go looking for 20% to forsake 80%. Ooh, that's not good. That's the breakup of marriages. It's usually because they want that 20% that they're not getting. What you're really doing when you do that is you're giving up an 80% loving partner for 20%. Marriage is about learning to reconcile the differences that make us special and unique. Again, it, it takes that one day of being together on your honeymoon, possibly, to realize that if you hadn't discovered already, boy, we are really different, right? We are really different. There are, I've never met a couple that's the same. I've never met 
a man and a woman that is is the same taste, the same likes, the same dislike. I mean, I have never met that couple. Yet to meet that couple. So we're all unique. We're all different. That's what makes us special. But it's about learning to accept those differences and the uniqueness about each other. To welcome them, grow through them, and embrace new and exciting possibilities. It's sometimes making you step out of your comfort zone. Right? And nobody likes doing that. But sometimes that's what we need to do. Listen to this scripture, Mark chapter 10 and verse 9. We know this scripture, but in our day and age, it doesn't really apply any longer. It says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 9, Therefore what God has joined together, let no one separate. Let no one separate. I would say this about any marriage relationship or any issue that's going on and you're trying to make a life decision, a major life decision at some point. Are you... Is the decision you're about to make, are you absolutely certain or is it the fact that maybe in a year or two years or five years, you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I would have done some more. I wish I I would have done that. Or I wish I would have sought some counseling to fix this. You know what I mean? We have to fight. We have to do everything in our power Because that scripture says, God has brought you together. It's not by accident that you're together with the person that you're sitting with right now. If you're married. Your spouses, whether they're here or not. It's not by accident that they're in your life. God has divinely chosen you to be with that person. So the question is, how do we not separate? How do we exactly do that? And that takes us to our third point this afternoon. Everybody say this with me. A surrendered life. Just raise your hands like this. Okay, that that means I surrender. How many do that in their marriage? Ooh, I just hit home right there. It's so easy to say, so easy to do an illustration like that, but how many of us really surrender at home? Surrender at when I say that, our thoughts, our, our desires for the benefit of our spouse. How many think it's always about me, 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 me? It, it can't be that way. It's going to be a very difficult long road for you. It has to be give and take. Amen? That's how you get to 62, 63 years of marriage, which is my goal. I'm going to be 120 by then, but I'm, I want to get there. A surrendered life. The struggle is real in a bad relationship. When love fails and everything is falling apart, the struggle is real. It affects everything in your life. It affects your work. It affects your attitude. It affects your children, your home life. Everybody around you can see it. When our relationships have become so beaten... And battered because we haven't been diligent in caring for each other. It shows. But the same opposite is true when you tend that garden, when you're surrendered. The love of Christ, the the love for each other shows as well in that marriage. Amen? When you've 
Effectively convince yourself that you married the wrong person. Hopefully nobody here is, you know, we, we may have thought that at some point. Okay, let's just, let's just say that. We may have thought that at some point. You know, especially with the advent of social media, it's so easy to look up old boyfriends, girlfriends. Do I dare say that? And, and, and you may wonder, man, I wonder what it would have been like if I had hooked up with so-and-so instead of this person I've been married to, right? And, and those things happen. Let's not kid ourselves. Those things are, are real. You can convince yourself that you married the wrong person. And it can become very simple to just walk away. Because it's all in your mind, it's all in your head that they're going to want to have something to do with you 30 years later. Uh, probably not. Emotionally, you feel that leaving would be the easiest and most personally gratifying choice. How many know that we should not be led by our emotions? Do not be led by your emotions. Because let's be honest again, some days you may feel like killing your spouse when you get angry with something they did, something they purchased, something they charged on their credit card, something that they did at the house. They painted the room the wrong color. Whatever it was, you may be so mad that your emotions will want to vent out at them. We have to be very careful with our emotions, amen? Let me remind you again, 63 years of marriage for my parents, it hasn't been perfect. They had their differences. We have our share of difficult moments, all of us do. But here's what my mom and dad would tell you, and I would tell you the same thing, been married, it'll be in July as well. For us, it'll be 27 year, 20, 27 years, yes, 27 years, that's correct, 27 years, thank you, 27 years, July 30th for us. And this is one thing I know works in our marriage, but a healthy relationship starts with the surrendering your marriage to God first, to God. Everybody say, surrender to God. Surrender to God. Starts there. And then surrender to your spouse. If you're always about having it your way, it's just going to be difficult. You can, you can have it your way, just like Burger King. You can have it your way, but it's going to be very, very difficult. Open your hands and your hearts and give yourselves over to His will, to the Lord's will for your life. Begin to recommit yourself to that relationship. And it's not going to happen all of a sudden, instantly, but it's going to begin to improve little, day by day. You will begin rebuilding the love that has slowly started to die, or the garden that has been left untended, and the weeds are growing up all around it. It no longer flowers like it used to. So what does it look like to, to have a a marriage that you surrender to God and you're surrendering, surrendering to your spouse. Let's look at that. First of all, it's a process of daily dying to self. Are you catching this theme here? It's dying to self. It's quit being selfish. And I know you're right here saying, I know that's his problem. That's your problem. 
Quit being selfish. Quit getting up every morning and thinking it's going to be the same over and over again. Instead, decide today to be a little bit better, a little bit nicer. Oh, but Pastor Rick, he doesn't deserve it. You don't know what he said. You don't know how he spoke to me last night. You don't know what he... And on and on and on and on. Maybe it's time to start being a little nicer to each other than you were the day before, of being just a little bit more forgiving, a little more loving, a little more selfless, which is the opposite of selfish, and a little more caring. It's amazing what happens when you begin to do those things. It lights up, it, it ignites something that wasn't there. It ignites, it's a spark. It shows that other person, even in the middle of their cruelty towards you, or what you may be going through, it shows them, oh man, they're being nice to me and I don't deserve it. And it heaps, the Bible says it heaps condemnation on them. And they realize that they got to change. they got to repent of that. And that's when it's so important that we submit to the will of the Father. Say, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender my marriage to you. I surrender my life to you. When you begin to do this in your marriage, it's exactly like what God asks each of us to do in our own Christian walk. All He wants for you and I is to surrender to Him. That's what He first asked you when you came to an altar and said, Lord, I need you. This very hour, I need you. And you did, you surrender. We surrender a little more of ourselves each day instead of focusing on our own selfish desires. We focus on the needs of our spouse, of the other. When was the last time you focused on the needs of your spouse? When was the last time you did that? They're constantly focusing on you. When was the last time you focused on them? Start by learning the needs of your spouse. All of you who've been married for more than a day should know what your spouse enjoys. Start by learning those needs and looking for ways to fill them. Talk about a blessed marriage right there. Bless them. Lean on God to change your marriage. To rebuild the love affair that you may have damaged. As I close this afternoon, surrender is a small word with enormous implications for all of us. It's a very small word with enormous implications and even greater long-term consequences when you surrender or if you don't surrender. Old habits die hard. Ooh boy, that's a good message right there. Old habits die hard. It takes a lot of hard work and discipline in any good marriage. It takes a lot of hard work and discipline. Many days and nights of retraining our thoughts, our tongues. Ooh, our tongues. That's, I think, so important. Because we see, we see other people just, boom, have it. They let them have it, so why can't I? The Lord said, be humble, be patient. 
zip that lip. Amen? Sometimes we have to zip that lip and then we can begin to see a difference in our relationships. Here's a scripture I will share with you. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 and 6, one of my favorite scriptures in the, in the Word. And this would apply to your marriage as well as to each of you as individuals, but listen to this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. He shall direct your paths for yourself, for your marriage. And if both of you have bought into that, you're on your way to a successful marriage. I know that's why for 27 years now for our marriage, Anne and I have both bought into that. There are things, and I'm getting ahead of myself for our next um, part of this series, but there, there's lines we don't cross. You know, just as I'm sure, certain in your relationship, there's certain things you won't say to each other. Certain things you won't do to each other because you know in your mind, you, you've talked about that and you've drawn a line there and you said, no, I will not cross that line. I will always respect them. I will not use this language or these words against them. And that's a good thing. Amen? It's a very good thing. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths in your marriage, not only in your personal life, but in your marriage. Why don't you stand with me at this time? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. How many are thankful that we can lean on God for direction, for strength? How many would agree with me as I close this afternoon that this has been a very tough year? The last 12 months has been a, a strain on relationships, just on our lives as individuals. It's been a strain. And I just want to remind you today, you're not in this life. You're not doing this life by yourselves. God is walking with you to encourage you, especially in your marriages. The enemy wants to further cause damage, not only in a pandemic, but he wants to cause damage against your family and break it apart. He wants to have children destroyed by marriages and having them face those consequences as they grow up, coming from broken homes and, and so forth. What God has put together, let no person separate. Amen? Amen. Yes. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you, first of all, that you have brought us together. Lord, that you've picked out somebody special. And Lord... I know that what you've brought together, it's a gift. Lord, help us to realize that that person is a gift and to cherish that person. To start being nicer today. To start being more forgiving today. To start caring more today. And Lord, I know that that can become contagious when we do things like that when we learn to give of ourselves, when we learn to surrender our will and surrender to your will, Lord. Because Lord, after all, you know what's best for my marriage. You know what's best for my, my walk with you. So Father, right now, I pray a blessing on every single person here that is in a relationship of marriage. 
whether that's now or in the future, Lord, right now I pray, Father, that the two that you have brought together, that you would keep them in the palm of your hand. I pray, Lord, that they would be united with you, that that unity would grow stronger and stronger like a lush garden, that it would continue to build stronger roots in you, Lord, and that, God, that you would pour out your blessings on that marriage, that you would pour out that blessing on that relationship, and that their children and their grandchildren would see that, and that they would long and desire to have what their parents and their grandparents have. Father, we thank you that we can look to you, because after all, you are the author and finisher of our faith, the perfecter of our faith, and you can help us in our marriages. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Father. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And I pray the blessing over you as we close. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. God bless you. Keep inviting people um, to attend this. There's, there's marriages that need to hear this. Bring your spouses. They need to hear this. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great Sunday. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.